Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Up With The Bonnets podcast. With me this week is the self-proclaimed local celebrity podcaster, Paul Gray. (laughs) (laughs) And also we welcome uh, a guest this evening. Uh, It's uh, another local celebrity, I guess. Uh, (laughs) Works for the telly, follows Dundee, George Cram. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Not to, uh, not not a problem, mate. Not a problem. Um, as we were speaking before we came on, me and uh, me and Paul are suffering from quite severe hangover. So, uh, yep. <laughs> I would like to say we have the same enthusiasm as we have the other podcasts. Um, but after the defeat and the stinking hangover, it might not be possible. But you know, we're no hang about. We'll just dive right into yesterday's game, Paul. Where do we start with this? Uh, well, I've been trying to like figure out some uh, some positives from this game, but I'm but Danny, I'm really struggling here. By the way, <laughs> really struggling <laughs> to get positives from that game. Um, I mean, I think from the first, I think the first 10, 15 minutes just before they scored, I thought their defence was looking all over the place, and I thought, here we're going to definitely be in a chance here. Um, but then it was like after McGinn had that shot, you know, when he hit the side net, and it was like they kind of just shored up their defence. Um, and then obviously they got that first goal, which, again, I, I don't even know where to start with that first goal. Uh, I'll let you take over with that. <laughs> well, from a Dundee point of view, it was a horrible goal to give away. There was like just letting Partick um, pass the ball around it. was like, mm-hmm. and we'll probably say it a couple of times now uh, in this podcast, but it was like, the old habits of last season came back again just allowing boys all the space in the world and all the touches they can get and and at the end of the product they got that was a, it was a fine goal from them to be honest yeah, uh, it was a great goal from them and but it was helped by the fact that Dundee gave them all the time that they needed to, to do that um that was just you know disastrous defending you know even mm-hmm. from when it started out on the right with Marshall mm-hmm. uh, again you know like you said last week you know a lot of people aren't uh, big fans of him but he, I just felt he could have been tighter um, and then he allowed the, you know them to get a couple of wee passes in, and then the ball would go to the left hand uh, go over to the left hand side but in Mulligan and Williamson it didn't feel like they got stuck in enough there and then Burn was in no man's land uh, a nice wee one two and then it was a brilliant finish for that uh Fitzpatrick and I think can't remember if it was me or you that mentioned him last week as one of the players to watch out for but I mean it was some finish for him like some well, finish. Being a Queen of the South fan though he played for us last season and I don't remember him doing that once last season <laughs> for Queen of the South. So. Just against Dundee then. <laughs> yeah. Well it did take a big deflection to be fair to Harry, mm-hmm. Harry Sharp uh, to take it, take it over the keeper but uh, I think you're right it was too easy to get into the the danger area, basically, mm-hmm. and then the second goal, just oh, I don't know wow. what Big Sweeney was thinking. I know I, uh, I was on commentary for DTV yesterday. Got roped into that because I think all the other boys are on holiday. So uh, for the first, I think for the first fifty minutes, I, like you said, Paul, I thought Dundee were well on top, mm-hmm. and Fussell looked shaky. And I said that, and then Fussell scored. 
and I'm like, right, okay. And then I started bamming up Sweeney. Sweeney, Sweeney, Sweeney. Jesus, I'm getting names wrong here. That's another thing that I've done quite a lot, is get actual done these names wrong on the commentary <laughs> last season, last, uh, yesterday. But um, yeah, I spoke about him and just said how solid he was. And then boom, pure clearance. Boys in, 2-0. I mean, but can't do we even like dissect that because it is what it is. It was just again the defense all over the no even all over the shop. Just defense gifting a goal, and within twenty five, I think it was twenty five minutes, wasn't it? Dundee are two 0 doing all the optimism of pre season in the league cup was just sucked right up the crowd. Yep, definitely. Uh, I was in the dairy uh, next to the. You know, the southeast section boys um, banging their drums like mad, even when the first goal went in. But when the second went in, that was it. Like, they just stopped banging the drums and you could kind of, <laughs> like you said, you know, it just sucked out all that optimism. And it was like somebody came along and just burst your balloon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, yeah, Sweeney, I, I don't know what he was playing at. Um, I mean, it was, the way the ball bounced, it was unfortunate. It didn't come up to a proper height, so he could have headed it back to, to Sharp. So it was just that awkward height. And he's just trying to put his, put his laces through it. Uh, but I don't know. He should have. He could have just touched it back to Sharp. You know, I, I don't know what he was playing at. Uh, it's no like him. But um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a good finish as well for that Lawless. And I think I think that was probably you that brought him up last week. Um, yeah. I think we should stop bringing up players. What's <laughs> 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 Fitzpatrick and Lawless? Two boys that we spoke about last week, and then they've scored two now. Um, but yeah, it's hopeless defending um a lot of people are having a go at sharp you know no coming out and claiming it but i think i don't think it was in it's kind of awkward wasn't it yeah it was kind of in between everybody i think was marshall around or maybe it might have been kind of care on on that side yeah yeah sweeney and sweeney to to his credit he he decided right i'll deal with it i'll I'll get rid of it but he obviously didn't deal with it so and then look what happened two now Already people, already people are thinking about going back to the pub. <laughs> I've seen a few people actually going back to the pub. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, before the second goal, I, I don't think we really... Whenever like, the first goal got our heads down, I felt like Dundee, as soon as the kick-off, we kept back at them. But after that second goal, I think the whole... I think Fissel just, it just went into their team that this is, like, we're well ahead here. Mm-hmm. And they it settled them, and their shaky defense from the first fifteen minutes just became solid because mm-hmm. we struggled. I just feel like even trying to find options up top and trying to even like create a chance, we were just struggling because they, even like any crosses into the box, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it was only meeting the the first defender. But yep, every, the first defense were just like heading that. It was it was bread and butter for them, wasn't it? Mm, um, just clearing, they were just clearing their lines. It was to me, it was just they were doing what any defense should be doing. You know, they mm-hmm. were dealing with everything that Dundee was throwing at them. And I think we mentioned that probably a couple of episodes ago, where you know teams are probably going to set up like that against Dundee, and then we've it's up to us to to break them down. But mm-hmm. I, obviously, in the first half anyway, we didn't. <laughs> Uh, and there was just a couple of a couple of wee shots here and there. I don't really remember the keeper having to do much. Mitchell, I think he had a uh, save from Jakubiak, but that was about it. 
that was it. And they looked well in control. And I think, I mean, I watched the I watched the game again, and I thought your commentary was actually all pretty good, Danny. So mm-hmm. well done, well done. Thanks, uh, mate. Thanks. No, no worries. Uh, we pat on the back there. Um, <laughs> but, um, but no, the, I can't remember if it was you or the other guy that pointed out where I don't know. Dundee just had nothing in midfield. There was just a big, huge gap between yeah. like. Um, you know, midfield and strikers, and I, yeah. I, I don't know what was going on there. Um, yeah. a, a, big, a big Paul McGowan shaped gap, gap, yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, see, definitely. You'd see, they missed him hugely. I think that's yeah. one thing I was going to, I was going to mention and um, say to you, George, that, that McGowan just every season kind of defies. <laughs> The, the the support sometimes because you just always feel like oh, he's maybe on his you maybe like on his la- no last legs or anything like that but you think oh, he might not feature as much but then he's known the team he's missed massively isn't he mm. Mm. I, th- I think it's almost every manager's at some point dropped him or, or maybe lost a bit of faith in him and then he just comes roaring back every time it's mm-hmm. amazing how, how often this happened Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, yeah, just in the team that is at the moment, I'd, I'd seen that Alan Petula put on Twitter. I think he'd added up all the ages of the mm-hmm. the players that finished the game and what Kami Kami Kerr was the oldest at twenty six, and <laughs> I think it was average age of twenty three or something. I, it just shows it's a very young team when you're missing McGowan in the middle of the park. That kind of influence he's got moaning like hell at everybody it's yeah. kind of positive fashion that, that wee turn that he does that nobody's <laughs> figured out in 20 years or whatever uh, the, the hair it must strike fear into people as well <laughs> but then you, you're also missing Legston's is missing Ashcroft was back which is good on the bench mm-hmm. he's missing Jordan McGee's missing mm-hmm. who else I think they Got might be somebody they also yeah, guys that have been captain, mm-hmm. proper leaders. I think Gary Boyer said after the game that he felt they were missing leaders when he was talking about mm-hmm. McGowan, but there's, there's quite a few kind of sitting on the sidelines with injury and stuff at the moment, which is, didn't help when a team like this will come, come at you, I think. Mm-hmm. What was, um, I guess, I kind of rushed to get to Dens yesterday, so I didn't even miss the sign-in that we made like 45 minutes beforehand, so I've, I've never really had a proper look to see why McGowan was missing from the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so was he injured or was he mm-hmm. heading back to Turkey? Oh, I thought you might have headed back to Turkey <laughs> to claim a refund on, on his hair because I've seen a picture from during the week and um, there's ball patches on bits that you actually had here last season. <laughs> I, think, I, I don't know how it works, but I think that's how it works. I think they take bits. I think they steal bits from other bits here. He'd st- try and stick it on. Uh, no, I spoke to him Spoke to him last week. I had to ask him. Uh, and he just laughed. He had a good laugh about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Instead, he'd been taking, taking the piss out of himself. So. <laughs> Which is kind of classic. But he said it just takes six months. You can't do anything to it in six months. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, he's going to shave it. So. And go for Zach Rudden. <laughs> <laughs> Who, when he came on, had the most shiniest bald head that I've ever seen on a football field in a good wee while. I thought Charlie Adam had one, but he must put some lotion on this before he oh. comes on. Yeah, <laughs> was... Gleaming. Absolutely gleaming. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put some... 
<laughs> they put sunglasses on at one point. It's catching the shine off it. <laughs> but there's no time for laughter here, lads. Because what happened next was well, we got to we got to half time. We thought, right, boy, I'll get them in, get them to help. Hopefully somebody come in, all guns blazing. So what was it, four minutes into the second half? Boom. Three nil fissile. <laughs> um again, it, pff, horrendous defending. Brian Graham, who by all accounts he did have a, I thought he had a great game yesterday. Yeah, yeah, um, just just on Brian Graham, by the way, there's a story of be coming out later tonight of his post match comments, and he's having a right go at Dundee about the, the email stuff. SPFL. Oh, he says he's, they've not forgotten that, and uh, they shafted us. I think it was the quote. Jesus. So, so he was. Extremely fired up. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. That'd yeah. be brilliant. See, this is this is the type of things that like your bookmark on Twitter and hope it comes and bites them in the arse later on. Um, this whole email gate has just got to die a death. Is it? It's. I mean, I know. I can understand why people are going to keep moaning about it because it affected their teams. But fuck sake, eh? just. <laughs> I, I, somehow I'd managed to put it all to the back of my mind and, and forget about all that and then like a lot of people did yeah <laughs> uh and I, yeah so obviously it was still fresh in the memory for some mm-hmm. of the, the Partick Thistle players so. Jesus if we're going to be petty like that I mean when Dundee got their 25 point deduction I'm pretty sure like three quarters of the Scottish clubs voted to give us it and Fizzle were one of them I mean yep we can, we can be petty about stuff like that <laughs> but I mean you, you cannot say like hearted and everything, just got on me with business. Not so maybe, ex- maybe explains a wee bit, but thistle the way thistle approached the game. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't explain why Dundee didn't approach the game in the same manner. To be honest. Yeah, nah, bang true. on, bang on, true. absolutely bang on. I think I was probably one of the only fans, um, like sitting in my kind of area, that thought, you know what, we're going to come out and we're going to win this. I actually put money on it. Um, which was an absolute waste of money. Uh, <laughs> but there was a couple of guys, like one guy was even grabbing us, going, "Paul, you're you are delusional. We are not winning this game." And I was like, "I'm I'm having faith. I'm thinking, you know what? He's, you know, Boyer's going to be in that uh, dressing room, giving them absolute hell, and they're going to come out fired out, fired up for it." But like you says, five minutes in, three 0 down, and then there was a mass exodus. A lot of people leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like he says, terrible defender. I don't know what, um, I don't know who, uh, you know, Anderson and Marshall were marking. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Graham should never have got to that position in the first place, but then they think he crossed the ball, uh, across the goal. I mean, nobody was near that boy McKinnon. And mm-hmm. it was Marshall or, or, or Anderson's man. It was like nobody actually wanted to go, right, he's my guy. Um, very, very poor, very poor. Yeah, it seemed like one of those goals where the, you could tell the team were missing one of those kind of leaders. But you would expect somebody like Marshall to maybe step up to the plate there and maybe give a wee shout or that. But there was just just seemed to be like no communication whatsoever. It was, yeah, no, no, no. yeah. But as soon as Graham put that ball over, you just knew that the, the boy, that the Fissile yeah. boy, was just going to put that in. It was, mm. just, yeah. So three 0 down. Unfortunately, I couldn't join the Max Max Exodus. I was I was stuck <laughs> up uh, in the gantry trying to. Uh, to be honest, I just 
havered and spoke nonsense and got like I was told last night on Twitter that I kept calling the boy French Taylor, no Tyler. But whatever, whatever his name was, I was calling it the opposite. Um, but I did kind of realise that when I was saying it, like in the second half. But I thought I'm not going to admit to my mistake and just kept calling him by the name. <laughs> what have you made of him so far? It's the first couple of games. I thought he looked quite reckless, isn't the word? But a couple of times that his second touch was a tackle, or he gave a kind of kind rash challenges here and there. Um, but overall, I've quite liked the look of him. I still think he's got time to some maybe needs time to settle in. Um, but we've got to give him time to, time to settle in. Um, he's came up from Wales. It's a new new country from so I, I do like the look of him. But obviously, there's uh, I think there's room for improvement in some of his aspects of his game. No, uh, mm-hmm. no, I'd agree. He's he's really fast though. I think it help, helps mm-hmm. him get out of trouble. Yeah, if he gets him, he, I think he might get himself in trouble a few times, but he can get himself out of it as well. Yeah, he he has got the look of that defender that could get the ball and just run and. Always just run into an opposition player and lose the ball. Um, uh, but a bit of a character, I think. Um, I was comparing to Lee Wilkie a wee bit because Lee Wilkie used to do that, but um, I get sent uh, off. I get sent off. Yeah, uh, I, I think the first time he, like, no, that I warned him, but I think he's he'll probably be one of the first players to get sent off for Dundee, and it'll be for <laughs> something stupid or something. You can like right. um, lose the ball and just like get the boy in a headlock and drag him down. It'll be for something like that. Yeah. I think he's had a few wee, like a wee tussles with boys. I think it was the Queen's Park game. Um, boy in the middle. I think he got into a wee tussle with Hammond and uh, a wee uh, arm in the head when they were on the ground. <laughs> um, but uh, I do. I, I like. I, I think he's a. I think he'll be a big player for us. Just didn't do any silly stuff, mate. And I'll get your name right the next time. <laughs> That's the thing. I think he just needs to eradicate that from from his game because he does look. I mean, I think he looks p- pretty solid, but there's just that, you know, that he's going to do something daft. Just yeah. it's almost like you're kind of waiting on him doing something daft. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, what I didn't even realize that he's was he twenty three? Is it twenty three? Yeah, he's, he's quite young. Yeah, I didn't. I actually thought he was older than that. But I mean, I mean, still twenty three, still learning. So he's he, but he needs to kind of eradicate that you know uh out of his game and then once he does i think he'll be i think he'll be brilliant for dundee i like yeah. it says last week i think him and sweeney together is looking good so i mean like it says it's up to ashcroft to come in and you know basically get french out of the game kind of thing or does if you know ashcroft comes back does he play three at the back which i think he probably will mm-hmm. but we'll see so then kami care another goal Three goals this season. Golden bit. Um, I mean, he's chasing Yakubiak up there, that table, goal scoring <laughs> table, isn't he? But uh, it was a good goal from him. Uh, I liked his movement. He, I said, like being stationed right at the in the middle for the, the corner. He, he ran to the front post and a well placed header. Um, game on. Mm-hmm. And then obviously. I want you go, Paul. Like you. No, I was just going to say. I mean, like he says, uh, brilliant movement to get in there, and it was a, it was a cracking header. Um, it was like you know, as, as soon as he headed, headed it, you were like, "Us in, right? We're back in this game." And I mean, players were looking like they were up for it. You know, mm-hmm. they're like they're desperate to get back into the game. And I, that's, 
I had a couple of looks around at the boys that were uh, doubting me for Dundee winning. <laughs> I was like, here we go, guys, here we go. But um, obviously it wasn't to be. But... <laughs> how many? I want to ask, how many pints were you in by the time you, before you went to the football when you put this bet on? Five. Five, that explains a lot. That's explains all right. a lot. That's all right. You know, it's it's money, a, eh? Yeah, tough day at work. <laughs> and then five pints, you know, ready, ready and ready to go. Uh, and then... Yeah, stuff it will stick a tenner on Dundee to win when they're two 0 down. I should have put it on at three 0 <laughs> George, what I feel like even after the goal, we still struggled to get into the game. If, if you've seen the reaction of the players, but Fissel again just kind of squeezed any mm. enthusiasm that from the goal uh, and kept it tight. Um, do you feel? Do you think that as well? Yeah, it took a while, it took a while actually for the, for Dundee to really start or Thistle to start looking a wee bit nervous. I think I think mm. Max Anderson had a good shot. I think was that about the only thing only yeah yeah. And Rudden was kind of coming in and uh, but the keeper's touch kind of took it away from him. Yeah, I, it just fell behind him, and then there was a couple of cross. It felt like one of those games where absolutely nothing went Dundee's way. Mm-hmm. Nothing uh, clearly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even though we rubs to the green and stuff, yeah. it didn't feel like it. it was just one of those days, and the hand was was going right. I think, mm-hmm. uh, but this, I think they're shown whether set pieces have been obviously pretty good at for a couple of years with Ashcroft scoring so many goals. And mm-hmm. Sweeney seems to meet the ball in attack a lot. I think he probably should score more goals, but. Mm. They're shown with corner. I think in the championship, if you're good at corners, I think it can really. I mean, Dundee hadn't played particularly well, but they got themselves back into that game because they can. They're dangerous from corners. Mm-hmm. I think over the season, I think that's going to be a real asset. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so as well. And when you've got a player like Paul McMullen, um, who struggled last season in the Premiership, um, especially in the second half, I think he'd done too, not too bad in the first bit, but. And this, at this level, he'll be the type of player that we are also when he's on the pitch, uh, looking at to to get the ball into the box and set up the goals like he did the season we came up for the playoffs. Uh, and I think, yeah, if, if you asked me a couple of years ago about Dundee at set pieces, I think we were honking. And now we've got like the big big men. We've got players that can actually aim. For uh, target men, um, yeah, and I think we'll we'll get a, we'll get a, a good few goals, um, from set pieces, and, and then speaking about that, second goal came from a another set piece, hmm. and Taylor French, not Taylor, just in case people start calling him Taylor because of me, um, he pops up at the back post, uh, scores on his league debut, um, and again we think game on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did kind of push them because this is when Fissel started looking nervous. But again, the they were just they were just solid when it came to the last four. And again, Dundee struggled uh, to really. I think we hit the post once. I can't remember that if that was at three one or three two. It might be three one. Um, but. Yeah, again, we just struggled. I feel like we're missing something up top, mm-hmm. and that maybe cost us a an unlikely equaliser. To be honest, in this game, 
Well, I mean, there was that. Uh, there was a chance as well where Rudden like headed it across to Jakubiak, but I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and obviously the keeper saved it. But uh, you know, I, I was screaming that that was in the net. But looking back at that again, I think with Rudden's header across, I think it kind of took a bit of sting out the ball. So he mm-hmm. and obviously Jakubiak didn't generate enough power on it. Um, like you says, there was that. Um, you know, I think did the keeper save it? Did Mitchell save it on at the post, or did we just hit the post? I can't. I honestly can't remember. Um, but I just like when, like it says, when Dundee got that second, I was thinking, right, we're getting a point here. Let's keep going, keep going. But I mean, with with Partick, I've I don't remember that Kevin Holt being that solid when he was at Dundee. <laughs> anyway, don't it made him look on. Made him look like Barazi at times. He was just, you know, he was just, you know, making a tackle. It was like sticking out his big toe. Getting making the tackle and then just spraying a pass into their midfield and starting something new. Like I thought he was absolutely tremendous yesterday, yeah. and I can't believe I'm actually saying that. <laughs> See, I liked Kevin Hope when he was at Dundee. Uh, he didn't I make mistakes, but yeah. he was kind of the attacker. Yeah, well, he's a dub freeze boy, so I was mm-hmm. biased in that. But I uh, no, I thought he was really good on Saturday as well. He mm-hmm. did a Cruyff turn on Yakuba, didn't he? When he was yep, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some, I think that probably summed up the game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just obviously disappointing that that's the way it ended. But I remember um, being at the game, I, th- I was screaming at the the referee for what I thought was, you know, David Mitchell time wasting. It was like every time he got the ball, I thought he was time wasting. Um, mm-hmm. But see, since I watched it back, I, I don't think he was time wasting at all. Um, I was calling out for like seven minutes injury time and everything. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you know, like he says, with with Partick, it just looked it just looked exper- like you know experience from them. You know, there was the wee, you know the wee tackles on the you know the halfway line and that. But it was like rotational fouls. You know, it was like once play- one player had done his foul, then it was another player's time yeah. uh, to make a wee foul, and mm-hmm. that that's just definitely experience. But I mean, that's it. Dundee had a lot of chances. You know, with those free kicks at the edge of the box and that. But I don't think we capitalised on them as we should have done. Um, Mm-hmm. I mean, there was there was one like McMullen right in the middle of the goal. He must have only been about, I don't know, it was probably about five, ten yards outside the box. We were all screaming, hit it, just hit it. And then it was just like a wee dink into the box and then it's cleared. And Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously going on about set pieces and that, I mean, corners looking good, but I think free kicks outside the box probably need a wee bit of work. Uh, I noticed that as well, the, the amount of free kicks we got in dangerous uh, positions and we're done next to nothing with them. And like you say, there was another one where I think we tried to pass the ball yeah. along the ground. And yeah. again, it didn't even get past the first whistle player and he got the ball away. And, and and that in turn put them on a break. So it was stuff like, well, we went from potentially having a boy that could run up and smash it and try for a goal to whistle potentially going up. It was, uh, uh, yeah, I didn't think of what was happening there. Because we've looked, like you say, we've looked well oiled all all preseason and 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 league cup, and um, it was just night and day, night and day from that. I mean, so ended in defeat. It was a horrible start to the season. The plus side is we managed to get two goals back, so it wasn't a three 0 thumping, mm-hmm. um, and we've already we've no took a hit on the goal difference straight away. Mm-hmm. But there's more negatives than positives coming from this game. I just oh. hope that the the next sorry George, I just hope the the negatives turn, get turned you know into a positive you know, um and I just hope that you know Boyer when in his interview I seen on you know the 
Dundee's website where he was obviously he was near enough distraught, you know, the the manner that we'd lost in. But um, I just hope those mistakes, you know, they get ironed out and then we don't see them again. But that's mm-hmm. it. You know, they've got to learn from them. Simple as that. Uh, it's always about how you react. I mean, we've seen too many bad Dundee performances <laughs> over the past few years. Quite a lot of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've not always reacted brilliantly from them. So it's the first game of the season that you just have to hope it was a, a blip, I guess. But I think I don't think they'd be daft enough not to use it as well either. As a kind of, I think Cammy Kerr was also doing the post-match stuff. And he said it was maybe just to kick up the, the backside we needed. Mm-hmm. Just to remind us that this league's tough. The championship, there's no mugs in, in this league. So. Yeah, and, and especially since this... Uh, a lot of people, including myself, have said that Dundee Partick, this is potentially who's going to be top two. Mm-hmm. So it's it was, it was a great game to try and see where we're at against them and it's shown that we're not even close um, and also it just could be because it was a bad day at the office but to me it just showed that we're still missing potentially new players in positions um, for myself I like Jordan Marshall but we need somebody there to maybe be giving them a wee kick up the arse uh, pushing for his spot and again it shows that we need a striker a good number 9 up top I know that was signed Zach Robinson who I thought he would actually looked quite handy when he came on mm-hmm. yeah. big laddie, looked quite handy and I was surprised with that because when I quickly looked at his Wikipedia page and it didn't look up to much I, I was just like loan deals to um, no name English seventh division teams and stuff like that um but he he did he, he looked like he if he gets up to speed and gets to know the teammates and we could be on to a good loan sign here but i still feel that we're missing that kind of number nine and also the number nine uh number still available i still feel like we're missing that boy that 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 you have in the box and that's his position and if he gets the ball in the box he knocks it in uh midfield i fear that if McGowan's out, then we're missing that experience. So I'm hoping that Boyer is going to be bringing in a few boys in the next couple of weeks because yeah. I think it was uh, plainly obvious that we still need to upgrade in certain positions. Yeah, definitely a striker, but uh, like you're saying with McGowan, not just his experience, but... You know, I would need that, yeah, that number 10 type player that can actually, you know, like you were saying with McGowan, you know, he's opening up defences and that. But I thought, I genuinely thought Anderson was going to step into that position, you know, yesterday mm-hmm. in that role yesterday, sorry. But I, I felt for large periods of the game, he, you know, he kind of disappeared. Um, and I don't know, I mean, when I watched it again the day, I kind of thought like, you know, when he isn't in the game or he's no getting touches, it's like his head goes down and it's like he's, you know, he's struggling to, you know, get his head back up to, get into the game, you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, he did have that, yeah, he did a cracking shot in the second half, but that's all I really remember. So I think I'd, I'd think we're needing a player in that role that's going mm-hmm. to be you know, able to open these defences if McGowan's out injured or mm-hmm. getting his hair sorted again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, don't know, I, I don't know if they'd be looking for another striker, to be honest. 
with the mm-hmm. Robinson coming in. You've got Rodden should be that number nine for mm-hmm. me. I think in this division, he, he knows the division that he should get goals. I don't fully expect him to get goals. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Saturday was a bit. He's up against his old team. The mm-hmm. fans are all giving him stick. He was maybe a bit over keen. I, I don't know. Um, he's also not been in the team, which doesn't help. Yukubak's been great, which I've been waiting to happen for, for years. Uh, obviously, it was injury stuff. Whether he's number nine, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think he wants to play there, but is he big enough? He's he's not sold me on the number nine. I, I know he's scored goals, got four goals, and um, he has looked good, but he's not sold me on him being number nine. I think in some of the games, he's he's missed fairly easy chances, and he does he, he gets caught out of position quite a bit as well. He drifts out. He's also trying to win the ball and 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 whatnot. But I, I, he's no sold me on it. Yeah, I told, yeah. I think Rodden. I think you're right. Rodden would probably be that one. He's mm-hmm. he's the type of boy that I think he would. Uh, and he, he knows this this league as well. We parted last season and doing so well before we snapped him up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I think you may be right about centre mid. The, the fellow they're a bit short in terms of somebody's really going to take the the game by the scruff of the neck, mm-hmm. which McGowan usually does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they're all I, young lads, that's that's the thing. Yeah. I noticed when uh, the tweet that Alan Botello put up about the, the age, Charlie Adam put a wee tweet about uh, um, experience needed there. Um don't know if he's putting, like, ex- if he's wanting Boyer to put out uh, experience wanted ad. <laughs> <laughs> and he can make his feedback. But um, but certainly we, we could have done wee, uh, an Adam type, a fit Adam type uh, player in that team yesterday. Um, one player who um, I've not read your match report, George, so I don't know if you've spoken about oh, him, but Josh, yeah. Josh, Mar- I know. Come I've, on. I've been. I have. I was straight to the boozer, and like this morning, the daughter had me up at six o'clock in the morning, so I've been run ragged day. So um, I only just looked at the goals back like two minutes before coming on here. So, um, but I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> but I'll, I'll read it. But I thought um, a player who, again, who has done well for us is uh, Josh Mulligan. And even though he lost the ball sometimes running forward, I thought he was a highlight for us because he he was attempting to get the ball, run at boys, but run down the middle. I think most of our play was get it down the wings and get it in. And it really worked. But when Mulligan got it, he's running, um, going down the centre. And also I think Fissel kind of clicked on that. And then by the, by the time he's making it to their defence, there's two or three boys around them. But... I thought it was another professional performance from such a young player. Um, I think we spoke about it loads, Paul, but he's going to be a big player, George, yeah, isn't he, for Dundee? Yeah. Yep. Aye. He's, he's, he goes pa- past players for fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's scary how easy it looks to him when he just... It looks like he runs over the top of boys sometimes as well. It looks like he's yeah. just, that's kind of strength when he's running it it must be scary coming up against that thinking how how do I stop him out just taking him down mm-hmm. he, he was just missing the he was missing the final touch on Saturday again the kind of end product that we passed through somebody in the box or he, yeah. I think he had a shot it got cut back and he blazed it over mm-hmm. 
Did he have the post was him the head of the um, or was it, or was he he was in there or something he was there for the rebound or something he was in him and McMullen were kind of in the the, the position yeah. for the rebound but it kind of just hot the post and went over both of them like yeah. the, the ball just kind of glided over the, them but that's kind of the goals he scored last season and then mm-hmm. last season it was kind of scruffy ones I, I think he's I think he could be a, a great player for Dundee last season and, and just just get him running it boys. Because it doesn't. How many players do you see these days that beat players? <laughs> Paul McMullen does it. He needs to cross the ball a bit better, I think. This, mm-hmm. but there's not there's not many players around that actually do that. No, I'm just glad that we've got one in the Dundee team, mm-hmm. um, especially somebody so young, and it's came through the youth team and one of your own products. Um, Again, another thing we spoke about in the pod is the influx of youth players in the into this setup, and um, you've been around some of them. I take it, George, interviewing the Mike Lyle Cameron, and we spoke about it in the pod on the Sunday, and I think on the Monday um, you had an article released just about his interviews as well. He just comes across as a like a total he, he, like, a, like a veteran, doesn't he? <laughs> he, he did because. Sometimes when you're interviewing the kind of young guys of 19, 20, they've not really done stuff, they're maybe a wee bit nervous about speaking to the media. Uh, I usually just try and make a wee joke at the start and calm them down. And he just kind of looked at me as if I was daft. It was like, <laughs> I, of course I know what I'm doing. Why are you asking? Why, why are you being like that? And he, he just spoke away brilliantly. Like he'd mm-hmm. been done in interviews for 10 years. It was, it was quite impressive. Because quite... Sometimes when you speak to young lads, they're maybe a wee bit nervous speaking to folk uh, about their game and think, well, worried about saying the wrong thing and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. That you maybe get really short answers and you have to, some interviews I've, I've had to ask about 25 questions just to get three minutes in the tape or whatever. But it, he, he was just, and he spoke real sense as well. He, he was really confident in the way he speaks. You can see he's really confident on the pitch as well. He's, mm-hmm. I think he's been a breath of fresh, fresh air coming off the bench in the, in the Premier Sports games. But I thought we'd maybe see him on Saturday, but I, I guess it just wasn't quite the right game for, for him coming on. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Exactly what I was thinking there. You know, I was I was actually disappointed he didn't come on when um, that Williamson went off. I thought, you know, right, get me Cameron on. But mm. like you says, it's, it probably wasn't the, the right game for him, but... It's, it's brilliant to hear somebody else actually going on about Mulligan because it seems to be me that constantly goes on about him. <laughs> but like you said, he just, he's like, a, like I said, probably every week, he's like a steam train when yeah. he gets going. Um, and it's actually brilliant to hear somebody else saying it's like he's running over players because that's exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a great run in the first half where I think he beat about three three people. Um, but then, like he says, you know, it's just that, that final, the final pass, that's it. Um, there was another one where I think he, he went through a couple of boys and then he could have played the pass, but uh, sorry, he, he probably should have played the pass to him again, but he hit a shot. I mean, and like you said on the commentary, Danny, he was probably well within his right to, mm-hmm. you know, take the shot, but he's, I love him. I absolutely love him. A very exciting player. Like, you can hear that in your voice that you love him. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Thanks for another compliment on my commentary. Uh, all right, man. 
Don't You're one back next week, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll move away from the, what's the best way to put it? Shit show of Saturday. And yeah. we'll look at the up-and-coming game at, against Rafe. Um, so Rafe, I think, are not looking too clever this season. That's my opinion. The loss, Christoph Berer, um, who retired, um, obviously ex Dundee number seven, <laughs> number seven centre back. So, I, I, I looked at it and I seen a lot of Rafe fans kind of basically saying like, "The ticket, we've not got any more defenders in. Like, we've got yeah. any centre backs for this season." But they quickly brought in a few boys, Kieran Egwena and Ryan Nolan, mostly loan signings. Um, if, could it could just be like rushed signings just to plug a gap because of Bera's last well, not say last minute retirement, but it must have been um, a bit of a shock for them because if he was going to retire, he would have done it at the end of the season. Um, if it wasn't for Saturday's game, I would have went into this one feeling confident, despite the fact that Rich fans are saying they've got any defenders. But do you think we will be looking to change it up a bit? Yeah, there'll be changes in that team. Mm-hmm. 100%, I think. I don't know whether he changed the way he sets up because he seems to, he's stuck with the 4 2 3 1. He seems to like that. Um, but I I think even I, before Berra uh, hung up his boots, I think they were really struggling for defenders anyway. Mm-hmm. With well, the loss Benedictus to Dunfermline as well, um, yeah. I think he was the captain mm-hmm. for Rafe. So yeah. that's. Two centre back pair, um, Oski. Yeah. And the boy, yeah, Tumulty. Tumulty, I think yeah. he went to Hartlepool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have I liked him at Dundee, actually. <laughs> um, but he's went down to Hartlepool. And the boy, who's the other one? Is there no Masonda or something? Somebody. Uh, he Masonda. went to Air. Went to Air. Yeah. He, was, he was, I think he was injured most of the last season, but the season before he was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, aye. So I, I, I think it might. I mean, I was going to say it might be a good fixture this for Dundee, but then I did say on Thursday that I thought they'd win the league and then they got pumped on Saturday. <laughs> You're um, only the boy that went onto the McBookie Twitter account and <laughs> asked them for the odds on an unbeaten Dundee season. Oh, it's pushing it, isn't it? Oh, and then McBookie, who I'm led to believe is uh, it's ran by an Arab, so must have oh. took great delight in that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then also you get Patrick Frissel, Twitter, quote tweeting it um, as you would to be honest if you're in the position coming on a victory but so I'll try not to tempt fate because I did it with my team as well because we went mm-hmm. 1-0 up in, after 20 seconds and I posted something <laughs> and I knew as soon as I did that oh, it's, that's only going to end up badly and we lost 4-1 at home to Clyde uh, but no that, I yeah, I think it's it's not the worst fixture, I think, for Dundee coming up. Mm-hmm. I think we've always enjoyed a wee trip to Kokodi to play Riff, and uh, I, think, I think we've got a good record there. I should really be checking up on my, my own website that gives you the stats <laughs> for this to kind of back up my claim here. But um, well, just... the last time was the uh, playoff 3 yeah. 0, when yeah. uh, Charlie Adam and Jordan McGee were running right. So. Mm-hmm. Jordan McGee, who was going through his never losing a game in midfield phase. I know. Um, right when that ended. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like we'll, we'll see changes. I, I would maybe give Ruggan a chance up top and also McMullen a start. I think he looked sharp when he came on and there is kind of a little rumblings and rumours that the manager was maybe not too keen on him, but that could just could be somebody hearing something and then arms and legs are on it. Um, so he might be out for to prove the manager uh, wrong. Defensively, I don't think there's much changes you can actually make with what we've got. Ashcroft will not be ready. And <clears throat> I mean, Fisher, still a young laddie. We've spoke highly of him on the pod, but is he actually ready for the championship? Um, at the start, at the start of the, the season, um, he's most likely going to be put on if we've got any meaningless games at near the end of the season. If it means we've won the league or we're totally away from it or something like that, or twenty minutes if we're winning three 0 or something. Um, but I can't see many changes defensively. So I just think we've got the depth there. Mm. Midfield, we've got to be hoping that McGowan's back. Otherwise, we're going to hope that maybe somebody like McGinn, who it's not really his position, but <laughs> we have to rely on him to kind of usher the young lads through. Um, I think he could of, do that. I yeah. Think, yeah. I've, I've liked McGinn this season. I think he, he looks... I was a bit surprised he took him off on Saturday. Yeah, uh, same. Half-time. Yeah, yep. I, I don't know whether it was because... I, whether McGinn hadn't played that well or it was just he was the only one he could take off to change it. Because mm-hmm. um, he'd, he'd already stuck McMullen on and he he wouldn't want it to take the Anderson and Mulligan off what, to keep your Kubiak on. I think it ended up just being McGinn was the odd one out. Mm-hmm. But he, he's, he's shown his real quality still, especially at this level. Uh, expecting him to be a big player as well this season. So I think, yeah, he, he could stick him in the middle, actually, couldn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... I'd, uh, you could, but I don't know if he, if he would, though. Um, mm. But we'll wait and see for that one. It's uh, Paul, do you have any thoughts on potential changes? Um, Are you just going to piggyback off what he just said and just go, eh, that? I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd see if it was me, I'd... I'd... I really want to see Cameron uh, coming in. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to see him getting game time anyway uh, during that game. Um, again, going into midfield, I mean, I said that a couple of weeks, well, probably about a week or two ago, that, you know, during a lot of the Premier games, he was dropping back into centre mid to, you know, start, you know, you know, moves and whatnot. But would he play there a whole 90 minutes? I don't know, because he doesn't do enough tracking back for me, you know, even when he's playing on the wing, there was... Like a lot of the times yesterday, I thought Marshall was exposed. There were huge gaps on the left, you know, that they kind of exposed. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I'd, I think I'd, I'd actually, actually like to hit two up top, put two, put Rod and Anjukubiak on and just go for it, mm-hmm. get the win. You know what I mean? Because uh, there's loads of people moaning, you know, around me, oh, one striker in the championship, you can't play one striker in the championship, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, I mean, Look at Partick. They only had one striker. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'd, I'd like to see two up top, if it was me. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And just, just have a real, gung-ho. Yeah, yeah, just have a real go for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the two of them could work quite well together, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Rodden being the number nine and Yakubak just kind of floating about. Because I think he's yeah. quite good coming a wee bit deep and, and yeah. taking the ball when he's facing the defence rather than the way he's backed it. Yeah, definitely. But you'll be glad to know that we're not taking predictions this season, George, when we're doing like previewing the next game because we we'll always end up looking silly. So, <laughs> you got right the other week, Paul, didn't you? Yeah, did. Yeah, ah. got the the Queen's Park one. That's <laughs> that's probably about it so far. But like we said earlier, we're not making predictions. League, or, league, league predictions. That's it. Yeah, league, league predictions. Definitely not. No, uh, I don't think we should highlight any players in the current race team because they'll probably score. <laughs> um, let's just hope for a Dundee win. That's that's all we'll say. Right. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, like we've covered the defeat, we've covered the the up and coming game, but we'll maybe speak about our guest George Cran for a little bit. George, you've been how many years is that now at the Tully DC Thompson's? Eight years now, twenty fourteen. Had my very first, actually my very first day was the day after Bomber Brown got sacked. <laughs> so I turned up I got told to turn up at half nine for some reason, I don't know why because the telly would go at 9.40 mm-hmm. back in those old old days so I just got told to shut up and sit down because the Dundee manager just got sacked and we're too busy to speak to you <laughs> <laughs> So I got a good first day on the job so eight, eight years um, following Dundee and writing about them Um I must have uh, you must have aged quite a bit because we certainly haven't we've been following Dundee for decades. <laughs> yeah, it feels that way, yeah. And from the fact that Queen is so fun. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning that. <laughs> it's no good, is it? Um, yeah, it could be worse. There's worse than being a Dundee fan at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not going to argue with that just now. <laughs> I think Paul's got a. We've wrote down a few questions, but I think Paul's got a few better ones than than me. So I'll let him take the take the lead. Why are you putting me on the spot like that? Because you... you're my right hand man. You, you're, you're stepping up here. I mean, um, I mean, obviously, like we've heard, actually, uh, George, you've done a lot of obviously reporting on you know the changes that have been happening at Dundee, you know, with Gardine and whatnot. But I mean, what kind of changes have you yourself noticed? I mean. I don't know, um, you know, changes in, I don't know, attitudes or mentalities. I mean, what have you kind of noticed behind the scenes? Well, it might be different after Saturday, but up until Saturday, uh, there was a very real, you could see the difference in the players when you speak to them compared to the last season. Because last season was, it was a disaster on the pitch, but it was a disaster off the pitch as well. Um and you could tell that when you were speaking to the players and seeing them at the ends and stuff last season and guys that would usually be really chirpy and, and happy and have a wee joke and stuff, maybe heads were down, they were just straight through the door and stuff like that. This season, it feels like the, the move to Gardines really helped. I think it's, it's, it's such a difference from their, their previous setup where, where they're kind of nomad existence with the training and stuff like that. And, driving to training, drive to Dens, drive to the training centre, drive back to Dens. Mm-hmm. Dens is quite tight as well in the dressing room and stuff. I think uh, Paul McGowan was saying about that when I spoke to him. And it's 
garden's just nice and open. It's it's a big open kind of space. There's a place to have your lunch all together, and it's kind of in the office where all the staff are as well. So it's really kind of communal type thing. And then they can go to the pool. They can go to the 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 gym and stuff. The pitches are right outside. Uh, and it just feels modern. And Dundee hasn't felt modern, and and since I've been there anyway, Dens Park's kind of. It's obviously not been particularly looked after in recent years, and it's kind of looking pretty tired. Um, and I think maybe not being there through the weeks maybe should help as well. I think suddenly you're going to Dens, and the players are now oh it's match day. It feels different because I'm going to the stadium. Um, but no, you can definitely feel there's a different kind of atmosphere around around the players. And the manager's helped as well because he's such a positive guy. He's, he's pretty open and likes a joke and uh, telling stories and stuff like that and makes everybody feel welcome. And I, I think that's that's been a big thing as well. I'm not sure uh, Mark McGee had quite the same impact uh, <laughs> last season. So, um he was too busy threatening players we get naked. <laughs> I know. God, I can only imagine the fear in their eyes when they when they came out with that. Uh, well, then, uh, but sorry to interrupt you, but the Liam Dildos who done the commentary was just that um, he went on about uh, Gary Boyer. So it's good to see the manager so animated on the touchline, and it's uh, night and day compared to the last manager. And I'm like, the last manager was on the touchline for eight games or something. <laughs> 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 well, that's, um, that's some Dundee up that didn't it or particularly oh, last season yeah. point the manager that was banned for six games and it was going to be fine because Simon Rusk was going to do most of the work and, mm-hmm. and then speak to Mark McGee a few weeks well, towards the end of the season and he suddenly comes out oh it was much harder than I imagined it was terrible and you think I no shit <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was somebody with the words, the, the quotes and whatnot. I mean, he made your job easier, I guess, eh? Um, with some of the stuff he came out with. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely bonkers. See, see the one with the heating and no eating uh, one? That was crazy. Because he'd come out with something bonkers beforehand. It didn't even make the cut of the story. I think, I think Neil Robertson is. Does, he used to be in the Courier, he's now a freelance. He'd asked him something like, even if you've been in the game so long, but you still get sleepless nights uh, ahead of big games like this. And he came out with something, he was like, no, I've, I've, I've trained myself to sleep. <laughs> and I'm standing there just looking at him, thinking, what's he on about here? Well, and then, idea. and then he goes, "I'm going to tell you something really stupid now." And which, what? <laughs> yeah, I know what you think. Oh, well, probably, probably shouldn't tell us then. But mm-hmm. and then he came out with, "I've turned my heating off, and I'm going on a diet just to make it feel like it's a big game and things like that." But, but Charlie says, "I'm off my rocker." Yeah. The worst thing about when he said he was the I'm um, going to be eating on, on a diet is I got sent a picture in a group chat about two days afterwards and he was out dining in Dundee in a restaurant like we feel feel free course meal be struck and then he's misses. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
yeah, I think I think he made out afterwards that it was it was a master plan of psychology. I think to try and take pressure off the players. To be fair, nobody was talking about the players before. They mm-hmm. were only talking about him, but I think the players would have been thinking, "What? What is he on about?" <laughs> you trained yourself to sleep. That's absolutely fantastic. I think you can never top that. In. But going on there, follow on a be uh, Paul's question. See how like we've moved made the move to Gardine. Do you feel this could this is like the, the first phase in moving completely out, out of dense and to the also this proposed new stadium? Yeah. Certainly that's the way they're they're looking at it in a way. because um, obviously the plans are to have a kind of bespoke training centre mm-hmm. at the new new stadium when it happens. Um almost said if it happens. <laughs> I don't know, we'll wait and see um, but uh, they've been talking about when they go to design their new training centre they're pretty much going to use Gardine as a bit of a template mm-hmm. which tells you how much they, they think of the place and how well it's set up for a professional sports team yeah. um, so it, it does feel like they're yeah, they're putting things not, maybe not in place, but plans in place for, for how they want to shape up when finally the, the move happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoping to speak to John Elms quite soon. Hopefully, assuming that he might have something to tell me on the, on the steering, that something might be happening, but I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. He's, he's a bit secretive with, with stuff. So, as you Yeah, he, uh, he keeps his uh, cards. Close to himself, doesn't he? Doesn't he? He's got a good poker face. Um, but yeah, um, I was going to actually ask you a few questions as in like, what's, what's some of the silly stuff that you've heard at a press conferences and all that. But I think maybe the training yourself to sleep, like, I'm not even going to ask. That's, you're not topping that in yourself. Um, but also, you've many years of doing press conferences with Dundee and. Has there any been any ones that you've has been quite awkward or you know any, any ones that stand out um, through the years? Because there's been yeah. plenty of managers to choose from. <laughs> there was one where Neil McCann and another journalist had a full blazing row in the middle of the press conference, uh, which was kind of awkward. What, in front maybe, of everybody, like yeah, there was maybe what. <laughs> Four of us, maybe five of us, maybe kind of newspaper guys and, and Neil McCann in there, and took his exception to something. I can't remember exactly what what it was, and uh, so they, they're kind of starting to go at it, and you think, "Oh, this is going to be." <laughs> We're in for this year, and uh, Ian Roach was sitting next to me. That used to be on the Courier, and, and Roach had discredit. He was like, "Oh, we'll just we'll just leave, lads. We'll leave you to it," and kind of. I was like, oh, thank God, Roger, you've saved us here. And But Neil McCann just basically turned around and yelled, no, sit down, you're staying. <laughs> so we're just kind of just having to sit and wait. Really awkward, two guys are having, having a right good go at each other. Uh, that wasn't fun. <laughs> well, was it getting personal, like, or was it just, like, I don't know? Uh, no, I mean, it, it, it wasn't. Personally, I think Neil wasn't happy with maybe some stories that had been in the paper. Mm. Uh, and the journalist, I'll just not say who it was, but it was given as good as he got 
certainly. So uh, it was maybe more professional than personal, but it was mm. pretty heated. Yeah, that's that's the thing about McCannies. He, he was every time I've seen these interviews, and um, he was just very like enthusiastic, isn't he? And I guess he just probably got caught up in it. Um, yeah, it's, he he had a temper on him. <laughs> I like Neil McCann as a manager. Um, obviously, this, this the season he got punted. Uh, the signings were awful and it never worked out from. But it's always felt like he he was. He could have done something at Dundee. I was always yeah, a big fan of him. I got on him with him quite well, probably better than the most of the press guys, because it, it wasn't the best to deal with from a press point of view. It's mm-hmm. kind of Friday afternoon press conferences that did not suit many people. Uh, I think that, that was intentional, but uh, he'd always give you a line, because obviously his media background he, he would know mm-hmm. what people are looking for and he, he, I thought he spoke spoke really well people don't like him when he's doing his media stuff sometimes but I think he's a really good pundit uh, mm-hmm. but I think you're right it's, it's the last season that there was too many signers that hadn't played in Scotland before I think that was the big thing yeah yeah. I remember um, his last game in charge against Kamarnik at Dens I was at Hospitality and for like a month prior when we'd done the old Dundee podcast I think uh, everyone that I did I was like I think it's time he got, he's got to go and it's no working out and everything like that and then um, he came into the lounge the 169 lounge just before the, the game and me after calling for his head for like a whole month solid was right across with the phone Neil get a photo with you <laughs> so it's two faced eh? <laughs> um, thankfully he never listened to small time people like me um, so he never heard me <laughs> What <laughs> a a job, um, but yeah, I mean, like I say, I've gone for his head, but I did like him. I always wanted him to do well. Um, plenty of managers to pick from, George. But who's been the obviously takeaway boyer because he's he's just in, and I think he's made a good impression um, with everybody. But who, what Dundee manager did you like the most when you had to deal with him? Uh, James Pick was really good to deal with. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was he was really open with stuff. I'm quite happy to say what was going on, really. Um, mm-hmm. You couldn't always print it, but he would let you know stuff. Um, try to think. There's been quite a few managers, isn't there? Um, <laughs> Hartley. I'd only just started when Hartley left. Like mm-hmm. started full time, so I, I dealt with him a few times, but not a huge amount. And then who was after? Oh, it was Neil McCann. Hartley yeah. McCann, yeah. yeah. And then, oh Jesus, McIntyre. Oh, yeah. We're not. we not even want to speak about him, George. Nah. We're not want to speak about him. Yeah, I'm in the bin. Oh, you'll see him this season. So. Uh, I can't wait. I'll get my. I'm going to be practicing my booze all week. <laughs> <laughs> you see that meme of the seagull, and then with the head going forward. And you've seen that, Arsh. Yeah. Please yeah. say somebody see that egg. Yeah, yeah. Me, effing boo. I might actually change my my ticket to the main stand just for them games. <laughs> um. No, it's the Fred. It's the Fred Macaulay video, the one where he's like, "Effing 
Boo! <laughs> oh, yeah. Mock the week, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely superb. <laughs> Actually, I was going to ask uh, someone, George, probably not even, it's not really Dundee related, it's more your, your, your you know, your job. I mean, I mean, since you've kind of went into that, you know, industry, I mean, what kind of changes have you seen, you know, over that time, you know, within your own job? Yeah. It's been huge, actually. Mm. Obviously, the, 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 going to the telly was my first first step in it, like being a paid journalist. Mm. And obviously, by then we had two editions uh, and I started the paper and, and now we're all online. I basically have nothing to do with the, the newspaper side of things. Mm. Um, so basically we just fire everything online and then the papers take what they want. So it's like the whole, before it was all about the paper and then the online would take what they wanted after it had been printed in the paper. Now it's basically printed online and then the papers take what they want. Mm. So the whole thing's changed and obviously subscription stuff and people aren't always too happy with that sort of things, but it's kind of the only way I think can really continue uh, Yeah. in terms of media. But no, it's it's changed so much it's, it's uh non-stop now actually as well which is good in some ways but always it's kind of because before when the paper was full the paper was full you couldn't stick anything else in it but mm -hmm. now there's online there's always a gap yeah it seems like that i mean like obviously you would get the paper and there would just be the one article but then I th many articles have you put out just after this game about the dundee match i think there was there was the one about yeah. the Williamson and Williamson injury update, the five talking points. Yeah, the Zach point. Robinson bit yep. from the manager. Uh, and then I've written up Brian Graham for tonight, mm -hmm. half past ten. So, And then there's Kamakia for tomorrow. Yep. Uh, and then I'm sure I'll come up with some other nonsense to write tomorrow. So. <laughs> Can't wait to read the... Brian Graham one. <laughs> so this one, will, this pod will be going up tomorrow, like eight or nine. So we are listening to it on your way to work. Yeah, get right on to George's new article, <laughs> Brian Graham. I, I'm sure uh, it won't be difficult to find because it'll be in the record in the Sun as well. So I think it's it's quite strong, shall we say? Oh, and brilliant. <laughs> Dundee fans hate when fan when other players are that speak about them like that, but absolutely love it because <laughs> we can lay into somebody. Lay into yeah. the boy for speaking to us like that. Um, United boy as well. Just that's the so. Add that into the mixer. Yeah. Put that into the melting pot, and it's just a perfect potion for Dundee fans. <laughs> but I think uh, Paul, have you got any more questions? Uh, what about? Uh, I don't know. I mean, asked about the you know the biggest characters, weirdest things. I mean, for for yourself, George. I mean, who do you think you know is going to be that? You know the standout player for Dundee this year. Uh, I know we touched on Mulligan and you know McGinn and that, but who who do you think he's going to be the man to, you know, to to get Dundee top and hopefully promoted? Obviously. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it'd just be. I think Mulligan would be up there. I don't think it'd just be the one man. I think. I think mm -hmm. if Dundee are going to do it, it's going to be a kind of collective thing because. I've really liked to look at now McGinn this season. Paul McGowan's been excellent. I think he's what I think he had four assists. I think in the in the cup, he scored one goal. 
Tanner Kerr's been brilliant. Mm. Really. Um, you've got Ashcroft come back. He's a man mountain in the championship. Mm. Looking forward to seeing him. Him and Sweeney together could be interesting. I really wouldn't want to be a striker against them. Mm. You just get battered. Um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. And I, but I, th- I think you need a goal scorer. Yakubiak's been doing it. I think Rodden could make himself a hero. He's got it in him to do it. Um, he's not done it yet. That's the only thing. Mm-hmm. That's, but I think he could, if he, if he gets going in terms of goals and, and boys are, are creating chances for him, he he could be the man. I. George, got to ask you. So, what what month have you got in the sweepy when Paul McGowan goes, comes into the press and lays into the Dundee team for underperforming? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were away going about when he's going to shave his head, but yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that one that one's better. <laughs> Let's be honest, Ken, he's going to shave it. That's not working it. So Definitely. that's getting shaved anyway. But I'm waiting on the outburst. I have to say, I I try and avoid it because folk are so used to it now. Because <laughs> What happens after games is generally we we can ask for who we want, kind of within mm-hmm. reasons. The manager might say no, but you're not getting him. But uh, try somebody else. And Paul McGowan's been that man. See it on bad occasions so often because he's so good mm-hmm. at saying exactly the right thing. Basically, it's mm-hmm. it's brutal, but he's pinpoint accuracy with what he says most of the time. Uh, that I feel like I feel bad for asking for him if you know what I mean I, like, oh, I can't do it to Gowser again well I'll have to get him after a happy game at some point yeah definitely he, he does miserable so well though. I think he I think he could be a bit uh, sadistic like that like he enjoys getting called upon when when we played crap or something like that uh, the, He's like, the, one, me the, one it, the one at air was the was the peak McGowan I think when I based it was that was an incredible interview actually because I didn't ask a question. <laughs> one of the, one of my guys just said, "What are your thoughts after that game?" And he would just went <laughs> for like four minutes, nonstop, and uh, that was basically the article. I just put a line at the top and just ran um, what McGowan said. And wrote itself. <laughs> it did write itself, and I accidentally left the swear words in as well, which probably. <laughs> Helped the the numbers. Uh, yeah, I got, well, I didn't get in trouble for that, but maybe should have. George, it's the paying public for the the Curie and the telly. We want more swearing. <laughs> no, well, I can put, <laughs> put asterisks in. I can uh, do that, but I forgot the asterisks. I just left the proper swear words. <laughs> so I take it when you, you're doing that, you're you're uploading it to the website yourself. Uh, then, yeah. I, I, I don't know how it was working at that time, but I expected maybe somebody else to. Have, Spotted the swear words and take yeah. it, or but it was a miscommunication, and I, I ended up having my wife, who has no interest in football, getting messages from her friends who have no interest in football, football, saying, "Have you seen George's article? It's got swear words in it." <laughs> the uproar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was incredible because oh, it was a really bad night for Dundee, but it, he, he he absolutely loves it. That's the thing, McGowan. He's that always comes through. I think when he when he's having these kind of uh, when he's slaughtering the team, he always includes himself. But I think it's because 
when he's having a go at other players as well in the park, it's it's all only for to kind of not to be nasty, but to to make the team better, which I know yeah. people don't always see. But it's, I, th- I think it's certainly that's all he's after, really. Um, yeah, I mean, some people looking like opposition fans might think it's just middle-aged man with hardly no hair having a go at boys for any reason, but yeah, he generally is trying to. <laughs> get the team performing and uh, uh, letting players know that. Rested, I think. Uh, he's, yeah. he's, I think. He's, he's a great boy. He's, he's, he's something else. Him and Cammy Kerr together are it's like a proper romance. It's, it's quite scary at times. But Cammy McGowan romance. <laughs> if you just gave him a testimonial as well at the same time, I would held him in with Cammy. He was 2014. Same year I turned up because I remember one of the first pressers I did was his arrival. Mm-hmm. Him, and, him and Paul McGinn together. Yeah, Paul McGinn. Uh, so I say, well, he's, he won't be too far off. Eh? And he always seems to pull it out the bag for an extra year with performances. Eh? And so you, he's, there's a good chance that you can get this. And I think we've not had a Dundee player with a testimonial since the 80s. Uh, George McGeechy, maybe. Uh, yeah. It was probably only about four at the time, but that could have been the last time we've had a testimonial. So we've got Cammy Cam, potentially another one. Um, He's 27. I mean, he could have two. He could have two. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I don't think there's many players that have had two testimonials. Um, off the top of my head, uh, Morris Wildpass for United had two. Did he? Yeah. Um, ding, 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 ding. That's the yeah. buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the buzzer. So a minute and 12. <laughs> um, I can't think of many other people. Eh? So it's a. Uh, uh, you never know. Is, is there any uh, word on maybe potential opponents for the testimonial game? Uh, d- I don't know. I've not heard much. It's all seemed to be quiet after the summer. We've been, we've the... been too obsessed with him scoring goals to ask him about his testimonial. That's the problem. <laughs> the hot shot care. Yeah. <laughs> he, instead of practicing these thrones, doing that. Um, Campy or whatever it was, he, he does it from like Drum Geef. He's, he's not practicing his headers and shots. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that's all for this week. Eh? Um, we've we've havered on for just under an hour and 15 minutes. I think we've done quite well there. Um, George, it was great having you on, mate. Um, good insight, uh, as always. Paul, cheers for showing up. Thanks again. <laughs> thanks for having me on lads. It's, it's, I've really enjoyed listening to the podcast by the way so keep keep it up thank you very appreciate much. that we've had a lot of good feedback on this one so um, yeah hopefully I mean Paul can keep up the, the charm and the wit and uh, keep the fans entertained but um, yeah for this uh, we'll be back again next week though we might have a special pod out during the week um, there might be a, an ex-player ex-player slash manager interview coming um, that'll be get, getting uh, done during the week so hopefully we'll have that before the Rift game up and running um, if not, it will be up at one point so uh, bear with me as where Soundboy has decided to desert, desert us abroad so I'm left trying to learn how to do all this and hopefully a place record for this actually, like, no, have, that's fine um, <laughs> Don't, so, don't click delete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never click delete. Click um, save. <laughs> so we should have that out. Um, but if not, we'll, we'll see you next week. Um, hopefully speaking about Dundee bouncing back. I think 
anything other than that, then it's just going to be another hungover podcast yeah. like, like this again, Paul. More um, than likely, more than likely. <laughs> but thanks again, lads, for coming on, and we'll speak to you next week. Thanks again. <laughs>